Amen. Glory to God. Y'all may be seated in heavenly places. My God. My God. Self together. Situated. Take a drink of water if you got one. Class is about to begin. My goodness. Hallelujah. My God. Hey, Dina. You look beautiful. Don't you leave here without giving me a hug today talking to me. All right. <laughs> Glory to God. Could have called, but I'd rather do it personally, right face to face. You know? Man. All right. All right. Hey, Yolanda. How you doing? All right. Good. Good to see you. Man. All right. You know, he has risen. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he is seated on the right hand of the Father. Amen. How many of y'all got this everlasting joy? Yeah. I mean, I ain't talking about that well, this world. I'm talking about that that inner, that where holy of holy is, you know? The presence of God. Yeah. Man. God, God. Have we gotten too familiar with our with our Lord? I don't talk about a couple of things today. Talk about Still going to talk about the anointing, because we're going to stay there for a minute. Amen? Amen. Man. Y'all been repenting? I mean, we are coming up on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. And I'm sure a lot of people, who ever heard of Yom Kippur? If you haven't heard it, raise your hand. Okay, if you haven't heard, okay, keep it up so I can see. All right, all right. You ever heard of Yom Kippur? Right. Day of Atonement. All right. Well, as I said last week, there are seven feasts, and these are called Moets, Moadins, appointed times of God. I'm sorry, Christmas is not an appointed time. I know people don't want it. Halloween is not at a point in time for Christians to gather. Look, it's just getting quiet in here. You know, I'm talking to the people who are going to be listening to this, too, on the Internet. Okay? So sometimes you might hear me repeat myself, but they might not have heard it. They might not be privy that y'all are. You okay? So I have to say that. Um, so these times are set for where... God's people have holy convocation, you know, like we're together right now. And these are times that are designed to really reveal who the Messiah is. Y'all know who the Messiah is, right? Jesus. All right, that's where your salvation came from. Amen? That's what his name means, salvation. All right. Demons will come out on Yeshua. They'll come out on Jesus. <laughs> The point of it, you need to believe. <laughs> All right? So, a lot of times we get 
caught up on the name. They got the sacred name people. You got the Hebrew roots people. I didn't say black Hebrew Israelite. I said the black Hebrew roots people. All right, it's a difference. And we need to know these types of things. Y'all supposed to have an answer for everybody as true believers. I think it's some other things that we need to learn as believers. We need to know what apologetics are. Apologetics is how to defend your faith. Never defend your faith if you ain't got the word of God right there with you. Amen? So as believers, there are certain things that are required that we are to know. We're on our way to heaven. Ain't that right? All right. All right. So (laughs) these feasts, they are... They are examples or the fulfillment of who Yeshua is. Um, right now, we're getting ready to go into atonement. Atonement. Everybody know what the, the tabernacle is? Anybody don't know what the tabernacle is? This is where, you know, that's you now. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? You're, you're the temple, the tabernacle is where the priest would go in and make the sacrifice for the people and their sins. Hmm? Yeah? Right. So now, you know, before you had to have, you know, um, you had to have the high priest and he would go in and and actually, you know, repent for the sins of the people, all the stuff that you've been doing. Okay, y'all know something in the Bible. I was telling the talk to a minute. The word sin is is never plural. It's sin. Sin. He died for your sin. But when you see mercy, it's sometimes plural, sometimes. Mercies is never singular. Mercies, the word mercies is always plural. It has to be. It's never singular. Because it's his mercies that cover your sin. It's his mercies that endure forever, not your sin. So it would have to be plural to cover continually. Y'all get it? See, this is a Bible study group. This is sometimes we come to Christ and we have no idea our language. (laughs) Yeah? Y'all look serious. Y'all listening? So (laughs) these things are important for you to understand the things about God and the intimacy and what that really means to him. Now, this is the day of atonement that's coming up on Tuesday. It's funny how all the feet keep end up on our day of prayer. (laughs) So that's the day of atonement. That would be the day. This is like the most holy day in the Jewish, um, or should I say Judaism. Okay. But do y'all know, once you get saved, you are now a spiritual Hebrew. You are now, you belong to a new commonwealth, the kingdom of light. She said, my kingdom is not of this world. See, those are some very simple little things that we need to keep in mind. When you got saved, you're no longer a resident of earth. 
you are now part of a commonwealth. You are now engrafted into. You now become a part of the vine. Before you were on the outside, you were engrafted into the true vine. You are engrafted in. You now become a part. You don't take over. You come apart. You grow with them. So when you become, if you want to go to Nigeria and you want to become a citizen, right? You take on their what? Their customs. Their language. First thing you do. First thing a country does when it colonizes any country, it takes over a language. That's right. Anytime the English took over the Bahamas, anything, they colonize it, they, they, they change their language. Every time you go to a new kingdom, it has its own language, right? You're now, now a citizen of heaven. Guess what you have? You have a new language too. See, but this language is spoken by faith. Y'all got it? See, it's the same here on earth. It's the same in heaven. If oh, I speak in the tongues of angels, they have a language too. Heaven has a language. So you take on their customs. You take on their, their culture. Your faith is not Western. Your faith didn't create, get created in Alabama. In America, it did not come from here. Neither is Jewish, neither is, is Jesus white, okay? He's not Caucasian. He's from the East. He's not from Europe. So he can't be the white Jesus. Oh, y'all. See, then I got to start teaching on the lost tribe. I'm just trying to educate you on some things because you're going to have these kind of questions with people. <laughs> First, educate yourself. Okay? It's a lot of cults out there. And you know what my thing of it is? Jesus is the only one. He's the, he, he died. You don't have to. He died for you. You don't have to die for your, for they, most people die or other religions die for their God. Your God died for you. He died for you. And rose. <laughs> I go to higher Christian, he's still in the grave. Buddha's still in the grave. Charles says Russell, still in the grave. Muhammad, oh, still in the grave. Jesus has risen. So stop wearing them on your neck. He ain't on the cross no more. He's risen. I know people just, I had to get the revelation of that. I was sitting in church first. I had the big old cross of that Jesus sitting all up on there. My pastor said, well, why you got him on the cross and around your neck? He's risen. He's no longer there. And if you, I'm not crucifying him all over fresh. He's risen. He's seated on the right hand of the Father. He's no longer on the cross. He told you to pick up your cross, though. 
Don't go with the daily now. I know it's good. No, I like it. No, it's going to open up a whole another door. So he has these times designated for him. You've been forgiven of your sins, right? When he died on the cross once and for all, the sacrifice was made. Right? He had two goats. They look identical. Two identical, right? But one was going to be the scapegoat. That's right. One was going to be the Azazel. One was going to be the scapegoat. See, this is just elementary stuff that we as Christians need to know. Because I'm talking about the, the feast of, I'm talking about right now, uh, Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement. Yom means day. Atone for your sins. So, he, he allowed us now to go before him. Before you need the high priest, which Jesus now is the high priest eternally. But before you had to have a man stand in the gap. You had the outer courts, the inner courts, and the most holy in the temple. You're the same thing. You're a temple. You have an outer court, you have an inner court, and you have a holy of holies in you. Now the Ark of the Covenant is in you. The Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle house what? The presence of God. Now you have the presence of God in you. You're a temple. How are you treating your temple? Hmm? How are you treating your temple? You got cobwebs on the corner? Come on, how are you treating your temple? You know, you eat and just throw the stuff all on the side, you know? How are you treating your temple? Hmm? What you let in your temple? Through your eye gate, through your ear gate? Mm, that's how it gets in. Lord knows if it gets in your eye and your ear, it's going to his heart. Man, I got to talk about some stuff today. But I'm just trying to bring you down to us a little bit about what's going on. As believers, we're supposed to notice that you're engrafted now. You can't go with the tradition. You got to go with what he'd already formatted for us to follow. We got everybody creating all these things. Nobody in the church, unless you are woke, talking about the Day of Atonement. It's Fish Fry Sunday. I mean, it's, it's past the anniversary. That's not even biblical. Just call it for what it is. It's greed. It's not biblical. If you were doing the kingdom, you ain't got time to be celebrating me. I'm just saying. <laughs> this is why I'm alone. It's not biblical. But the Bible tells us that they fleece the sheep. See, when you preach the truth, there's going to be very few people. Very few people are going to follow the truth. But a lie, oh, my God. Everybody follow a lie. It feel good. You don't bring no conviction with a lie. You get conviction only with the truth. It's not biblical. I don't want to do anything that takes away from God and put the focus on me. 
I mean, can we get like some real pastors that really believe that? They won't watch this one. So this is why we don't know that it's the day of atonement on Tuesday coming back. We don't know why. Now, we know that he's made the sacrifice once and for all. But these are times that we are to keep. He told us to keep these times. It it reminds us. It it lets us know that he's coming. That's the next feast. It's what? Trumpets. Well, you see in the Bible that he's going to ascend, descend with the trump of an angel. The shofar blast, that's a warning. That means he's coming. That's what that feast represents. I'm only giving you a small minute because that, that takes a, you know, like a week to get it all, all the feasts. Just trying to give you a little something to go on, to grow on. Yeah? So the atonement would mean that the priest would go into the Holy of Holies and take atonement for the sins of the people. And they would place that sin on that goat. And they would send that goat out. That goat kept coming back. So they had to get the one by the cliff. So take care of them. Two, two goats. They have to have the same thing. So you had Jesus and you had Barabbas. And they had to bring them before the priest or the leader. So they had to do the same thing in the in the in the uh, with Jesus and Barabbas, or I want to say this. And one was going to be the scapegoat. One was guilty, and one was the scapegoat. Same thing, Barabbas. Actually, is is. His real name was Bar Jesus. So they had to have the same names. If we understand Bar and what it means, son of God, Barabbas. See, so we, we, don't, we miss all these types of things when it comes to us watching the passion. It's played right out there in front of you. But because we don't know scripture, we just know tradition. We miss the two. And we miss the Old Testament, what they did with the priests and the two goats. We're just talking. This is some things that we didn't got time to be playing around. Got to know some things here. Oh, man. So that's what that day is about. It's forgiveness of your sins. Do this in remembrance of what I've done for you. Yeah. Let me see. We got some things here. God is so awesome. He's, he's such a mystery. Yet, he's so open. <laughs> so I ask the question. Let me see if we get it. So Minister Brian. <laughs> Let me see if you see if you flowing with me. <laughs> you know how we was doing it <laughs> yesterday in the class. I love, y'all have got to take BTW class. Y'all have got to come on a Saturday. Man, 
it get in your spirit. You can't stop. Soon as you hear the song, you just want to do it, you know. <laughs> I want to move, man. I'm learning because I'm learning the moves now. See, so I love it. I love it, man. Oh man. Let me see if I got this. Who was there? Was you there? And Minister, okay. Let me see if you got it. Who are you? Say it loud so they can hear you. Who are you, Minister? Say it on the mic. I am Al. Let me see if anybody else get it. Minister Smith, state your name. Okay. Minister Cindy, state your name. John. Got it. Oh, see there? Let me see anybody else. Let me see. Let me come to the back back here. Let's see. Okay. I am Rita. All right. I am Cynthia. All right. Look at that. Who is God? See, you can't say who you are without saying who he is. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. You can't say who you are unless you acknowledge who he is. I am Rod. You can't. You ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. <laughs> Y'all not ready. Can never. See, see how he told us, who should I say? Tell them that I am sent you. See, you can't, I can't tell you. You can't tell them who you are until you tell them who I am. Y'all not ready. Ain't ready. <laughs> so everybody know who he is. Even the atheists. Even the everybody know who he is. Because when they ask when you address who you are, you got to say, I am this. Everybody know his name. Everybody know his name. Everybody knows his name. All right. All right. We got that out of the way. Now can we go? David told me it's about forgiveness of your sins. That you were going to the holy of holies. And now he said that that veil that separated us has been rent. It said ripped from the top to the bottom. Now you have access into the holy of holies, into the presence 
of God with your new language. Mm. The word is a colonizer. And so should you be. For the kingdom of God. My God. Woo. Hey, hey. Glory to God. I just want to know that y'all got y'all language. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you're going to need that in these latter days. Oh, my. Man. Glory to God. Hey, teacher. All right. She's like, who is that? And that's what the anointing does. Ain't no way you're anointed and people see you the same. Ain't no way you're anointed and you act the same. Ain't no way you're anointed and you treat people the same you did when you won't. Save. The anointing changes the person. Makes him unrecognizable. The problem is we recognize everybody because there's no anointing. I wish you knew me before I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Ain't no way you would have said that's a pastor. Ain't no way. <laughs> but the anointing, it changes you. I, I, I didn't get a chance to, but there's an inward anointing and then there's an outward anointing. Can't go into all that. That's next week. Unless teacher's teaching, whatever. She might give me a break. I don't know. <laughs> but I got it. Should always be ready. My God. I want to talk about some stuff today. Woo! Y'all ready? I like that. Be eager. I like that. You're in my message right there. Man. Can I just help the men out just for a second? All right. <laughs> I want to give you something. I want to give you something, and, and I'm sure the women will just going to help you qualify that man. All right. Okay. So all the men. Some of them doing it already, though. Some of them doing it already. And I like, I like what I see in John, man. I like what I see in him. He pulling on me, though. He pulling on me. I love it. It's just his heart. You can feel his heart. Like, take my time when I'm on. Take my time. Plan out some things. Don't just rush him into anything. Because, see, if I see him, the enemy see him. So now I got to work behind the scenes. See, that's how you got to do it. You got to go undercover. When someone pulls on your heart. I'm just thankful God put them in my care. And the rest of you too. All right. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Oh, man. So y'all work with me today, okay? Got to get something to the men first because we had men's fellowship yesterday. All right. I ain't going to ask what some of y'all were.
I talked about discipline. Mm. All right, here we go. <laughs> if you was working, that's one thing. All right. And if you won't, you should feel convicted. How are we going to walk together? If we can't desist, you know, sit down and discuss how we going to walk. Right? All right. Other than that, we're not walking together. First question I asked them, am I your pastor? Okay. You got to decide that. And if it's not, you have to find him. Because he said, I'm going to give you pastors after my own heart. So you're not looking for a church. You trying to find your pastor. Because he's the one that holds in his mouth as the shepherd direction. Listen, the direction spiritually where you should be going. So that means you're going to have to relinquish your will. See, you got no real. There's some real pastors out here. All right. <laughs> Go to Titus. Right. <laughs> your voice should be known in the atmosphere of your adversary. Other than that, he just come over and dominate you. Amen. It's not got to be loud. Just got to have the authority behind it. Amen. <laughs> just like your kids. You ain't got to say nothing to them. Just look at them. They know. Got to acquire that look. Eric, got to acquire that look. You ain't got to open your mouth. Just look. The authority has just stepped into the room. All right. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. It's hard. It's hard because the man is displaced. He's not in the home. And she don't carry that authority. What... What she carries should be the respect. So you should listen to them because you respect them, men. Young boys. Young lads, as the Bible say. All right. Here we go. Y'all ready? Just, 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 just a, I just want to get something for the men right quick to help you. All right. You ready? Go to uh, Titus 1, 5 through 9, Amplified. When last time we've been in Titus? <laughs> Titus chapter 1 at verse 5. Listen closely, men. For this reason I left you behind in Crete, that you might set right what was defective and finish what was left undone, and that you might appoint elders and set them over the churches, the assemblies, in every city as I directed you. Okay, elders. See, and we get all religious with this. That's a leader. So the men that say all of you are leaders. Okay? All right, so I'm talking to you. Don't get caught up in the elder. It's, a, it's one, he's going to tell you exactly what it is, husbands. Keep on. Verse 6. These elders should be men who are of unquestionable integrity. It said men of unquestionable integrity. Women, I'm helping you right now. 
Hey, Destiny, I'm helping you right now. All right. Listen to this. And are irreproachable. The husband of but one wife. Ain't no side chick. I got to break it down because it's, it's acceptable now. Go ahead. Whose children are well trained and are believers, not open to the accusation of being loose in morals and conduct or unruly and disorderly. Y'all hear me? Now, hold on. It says husband. It don't say two men. And it don't say two women. It says your wife. Right? One wife. And a man can't be a wife. Let me see that in the camera. And a man can't be a wife. You can't get me on that one. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on. Verse 7. For the bishop and overseer, as God's steward, must be blameless, mm -hmm. not self-willed or arrogant or presumptuous. He must not be quick-tempered or given to drink or pugnacious brawling, violent, he must not be grasping and greedy for filthy lucre, financial gain. Stop. This, I'm telling you right now, this will, women, are y'all listening to me? This give you a guideline. It don't care, I don't care what example you had. Use this as your example. Don't marry no angry man. Come on. Verse 8, but he must be hospitable, loving, and a friend to believers, especially to strangers and foreigners. He must be a lover of goodness, mm. of good people and good things, sober-minded, sensible, discreet, upright, and fair-minded, mm. a devout man, and religiously correct, temperate, mm. and keeping himself in hand. Don't you, okay, we talked about self-discipline yesterday. There should be no excuse. All of your marriages should be successful. And if you're in one that's bad, it can be fixed if you're willing. If you're willing to put it all out on the table. But it has to be both. It don't work if it's just one. You can't get 50 and he get 50 or she get 50. It's 100, 100. That's the problem. You're only giving 50. God didn't put us in these relationships for them to be, you know, faulty. And, and you know, it, the, matter of fact, you're supposed to present her blameless. Men, that means you have to do something. Lead her. She is designed to look. She's designed to help you. 
men. I'm talking about sitting right here and far off. She's designed to help you. Not hurt you. She's designed to help you. You need help. Other than that, God wouldn't have gave you a helper. See, and then some of y'all think this is, is, in, is, is because intellect. But that's not what I'm talking about. She's designed to help you in your shortcomings. She's designed to help you in your way you think. Because you're analytical and she's more emotional. She's wired different. So she's going to feel what you don't feel. Callous. Heartless. She's going to feel all of that. I'm sorry. This is just important. I mean, I'm going to talk about the anointing. I'm going to talk about the anointing. But it's time for us to stop making these mistakes. And then when you're in it, you won't allow God to fix it. You know why he won't fix it? Because you won't obey. I'm going to need the couple to stop lying. You messed up? Say you messed up. And let the love chapter take an effect. But, but it got to be willing. It got to be willing. If you're not willing, then your circumstances is greater than God. He can't handle it. No, because you won't give it. Matter of fact, just thank you, Holy Spirit. You won't sacrifice it. What the problem is, most men don't want to take responsibility for their selection. They won't take responsibility. They want to blame just like, okay, just like Adam did, the wife you gave me. That's what you want to do. You always want to blame somebody else. conflict then when you see the conflict you you do not you refuse to put the word of God at work you put your emotions to work I want to see you explain this to God. See, but you don't take that in consideration when you said I do. This is needed. Because you sit here in this condition. 
And it affects the atmosphere of your heart. How dare we say, I don't care what it is. How dare we say that this situation with God is unresolvable? Now, if we both, see the problem is if we, we both don't. It's you both, you, you are not in agreement with the word. You're only in agreement with how you feel. And I want you to feel what I feel. God's not going to jump into that. God's not going to jump into that. You have to ask him to come in. And he will, he will and can help you. But the minute you step in, he's going to step out. Because with him, you're gonna, it's going to feel like you're going to die. And you don't want to die. You don't want to, thank you, sacrifice. I'm trying to move on, but somebody just got me here. Okay. Go, go, go to, did we finish eight? Did we finish eight? Go to nine. But that's it. And I'm going to get y'all, but you're going to go. Come on. Verse nine. He must hold fast to the sure and trustworthy word of God. As he was taught it. Uh oh, as he was taught it. Mm. There is absolutely no room for you if you're led by this. Come on, read. So that he may be able both to give stimulating instruction and encouragement in sound, wholesome doctrine. And to refute and convict those who contradict and oppose it, showing their wayward, showing the wayward their error. So, y'all better understand something about divorce. That's another doctrine. That's not the doctrine of God. Hello? That's not the doctrine of God. But you know what? You're wise. You're wiser than God. So go ahead, Moses. You go ahead and give them that decree. I didn't say that. But because of the hardening of your heart, so be it. See, you don't take that covenant serious. You're not going to take your covenant with God serious. That's right. Well, true that. That's why your covenant with God got to be serious. I mean, you're married to somebody. Mm -hmm. 
All right, did we finish? Uh, showing the wayward in their error. Doctrine and refute convict those who contradict and oppose it. Read it again, man of God. Right there. Doctrine. The whole thing, or y'all want to just this? this. Right, back it on up. Then I can go into the anointing. Verse 9. He must hold fast to the sure and trustworthy word of God as he was taught it. Hold on. We're going to go back to, to the beginning. Five. Then we can move on to the anointing. Verse 5. For this reason I left you behind in Crete. Mm. That you might set right what was defective and finish what was left undone. And that you might appoint elders and set them over the churches, assemblies, in every city as I directed you. Mm. Mm -hmm. These elders should be men who are of unquestionable integrity and are irreproachable. The husband of but one wife, whose children are well trained. And are believers, mm. not open to the accusation of being loose in morals and conduct, or unruly and disorderly. For the bishop and overseer, as God's steward, must be blameless, not self-willed or arrogant or presumptuous. He must not be quick-tempered or given to drink or pugnacious, brawling, violent. He must not be grasping and greedy for filthy lucre, financial gain. But he must be hospitable, mm. loving, and a friend to believers, especially to strangers and foreigners. He must be a lover of goodness, of good people and good things. Sober-minded, sensible, discreet, upright and fair-minded, a devout man and religiously correct temperate, and keeping himself in hand. Mm. He must hold fast to the sure and trustworthy word of God as he was taught it, so that he may be able both to give stimulating instruction and encouragement in sound, wholesome doctrine, and to refute and convict those who contradict and oppose it, showing the wayward their error. Mm. I wanted to read that non-interrupted. Well, ladies, that is Titus 1, 5 through 9. Might want to highlight it, bookmark it. Husband and wives, y'all might want to sit down tonight and look this over. So men, men of God, is that you? They got wives and they got children. They already married. He's just making a statement of how you should have entered in. All right. It is the season for repentance. We don't. We don't forgive. No, we don't. 
I want to see what we do. I'm going to be standing right there at that judgment with you. Because you're, be, you're not going to be able to say, Pastor, my pastor didn't tell me this. I'll be right there. It's written. You got to record the angels. You already wrote it. Where is the book of remembrance? I'm going to tell you. Let's go back to it. There it is. Write the date. What's the day? October the 6th. 2019. Nine o'clock in the morning. I'm putting the time back a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Damn. Y'all learned something? All right. Can we go a little deeper now? All right. Oh, talking about the anointing. Man, I told you about the story. It was in 1 Samuel last week, and you saw where Saul... Um, needed uh, direction for his, um, well, he thought it was the goats, but it really wasn't the goats that he was looking for. To, he was really looking for uh, his purpose. But what was on his mind was the, the goats, uh, or the donkeys, should I say, and, but what was in his heart is to be ruler. See, like I said, some, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> you had marriage in your Mind, but not in your heart. All right. Mm. So they went looking for uh, the man, the God, the seer, Samuel. And they knew because of their tradition, they couldn't just go to the man of God without an offering. And his servant said, wait a minute, now, we need to, we need to have something. We, and, and we don't have no bread, we don't have nothing. He said, wait a minute, we got uh, half a shekel of silver. And he presented that to Samuel. Samuel had his purpose in his mouth. Had to be released, but it had to be an offering, had to be given. Thank God we have a prophetess here today. Amen. Amen. I don't got to call somebody in. Check their spirit, they lying, but anyway. But he had already given him the word for his life. He'd already given him the word for his life. You just need to sit down and eat with me, and we'll talk about it. Don't worry about the thing that you was worried about. It's already taken care of. Yeah? See what happened? Those worries stop you from getting to your purpose. The things that are on your mind instead of the thing that's in your heart, like that business God placed in there that you refuse to give life to. I'm not here at Walker Ministry because we're going to pull it out. Amen. See, it's not about the stuff. It's about the people that are attached to it. Yeah? All right. Let's try to bring you up to speed here. And I told you uh, the big thing that... Uh, that the anointing comes by association, and it grows by desperation. And desperation is kind of where I want to talk today, if I can. I might not have the time, but we at least get started on it, you know. Let's teach her, say, go for it, baby, go for it. Right. She might say that. I don't know. It's my hope. That's my hope. <laughs> Woo, it's rough in here. Oh. Oh, y'all are rough. All right. Okay, you're rolling me. Thank you, thank you. All right, here we go. All right. I told you last week 
that sometimes you can't have the mentor that you want and you want to be with all the time. But I said, how you can do that is that by serving them. See, y'all need to take this. Y'all need to listen to what I'm telling you. You can't always get it because when you're really doing the work of the kingdom, teaching our time is limited. See, we won't do nothing for the kingdom. We have all the time. Yeah, come on by. We'll talk about it. It's hard. All right? All right. So this is something you need to know right here. What happened with him when they said that his destiny was in the mouth of the prophet? Just remember the word for the glory of God's kingdom. Are, listen, it's in his people. This is why your businesses have to be offered to God. He is the true seer of all God, and he has all the insight you will ever need for your business. Mm -hmm. But guess what? He's going to work that through man. Okay? He has all the insight he has, but what you need for it is in a man. Mm-hmm. You might have the dream, but somebody else has the anointing <laughs> for that dream. But I'm going to show you. All right. All right. Samuel, I mean, Saul had the dream. He had it. He wanted it. But he couldn't get to it until it was released prophetically by his offering. Mm. Don't get afraid when you hear that. You should be excited when you hear that, especially if you have seed. God principles don't change. Okay. So, teacher, when you serve, you're always on the mind of the person that you're serving. When you serve, you're always on the mind of the person that's being served and vice versa. I can't get to mentor you right now, but by your servitude, you're on my mind and I'm on yours. Okay. All right. Here's something important to remember. The anointing works by association. So if I cannot get the association by mentorship, I told you, I can always get it by servitude, right? One more thing you need to understand about associations is that sometimes you don't get the association you want. It's because, watch this one, teacher. Because the association that the person behind you, you need, you wouldn't give them the attention. So the association you need to go to the next level, you can't get it because you won't pay attention to the person that needs behind you, that needs from you what you're trying to get from them. Oh, did y'all get that? Uh-uh, hold on. All right, I'm going to break it down. Some of y'all trying to go, you know, get that mentorship. You can't do it. Or you can't get what you're trying to get. 
in your life, your business, whatever. It's because you're missing the person behind you that you need to be that you need to be helping. So you can't go because you won't help them. Just standing there. Got all these dreams, all these ideas. You can't go nowhere. Because you won't help the person behind you. Okay. All right. Yep. You don't realize they need you. But you Uh Uh-oh. But somebody needs you. Yeah. How do you treat people? How do you treat people that want to be like you? Mm. <laughs> Ooh, how do you treat people that want to be like you? If you want to improve your association, if you want to improve your association, right? Change how, change how you treat the association, your associations. Change how you treat your associations. Y'all follow me? Okay. How do you treat people who want to start a business in the same field that you got? <laughs> how do you feel? Do you feel insecure and threatened? Man, I tell you. Do you know what happened to Saul? Saul was looking for Samuel's advice. But when David rose up and wanted to be a king, Saul chased him for 20 years to try to kill him. Mm. Yeah, he was dedicated to his crime. Y'all hear that? God says, Saul, I can't bless you. Why? Because someone wants to be like you. And because they want to be like you, you want to stomp them out. And kill them. Mm. Listen to this. And God said, I can't send him to be mentored under that. Because he's going to end up just like you. Mm, 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 mm. You sure you want to be mentored? <laughs> what you should be asking, I'm going to go a little hard here in a minute, all right? Is how can I serve pastor and teacher? And I want to be not just milking them for all their wisdom. I said I'm going to get real. Because you got people that do that. Okay. Now watch this. This is what they don't understand about servitude. As you serve them, this is what's going to happen. I want to get a meeting and just serve. Just watch this. This is what's going to happen. God will release the wisdom that you need.
while you're serving them, the thing that you want to meet with them about will be discussed while they're serving you. See, y'all, I got like a full couple claps in here. We, we'll just discuss it while you're serving me. We'll, we'll just got to arrange it and we'll have an intersection and we won't have a meeting. We'll just be talking. And the wisdom that you need, not even asking the actual question that you need, will be released to you because of your servitude. And you'll walk out there and be like, I didn't even ask him that. My God, he got the answer for me. All right. Mm, amen. All right. That's really good. Ooh. Talk to you about a lot of me. See, this is something that I have to deal with as, as a pastor. I have a lot of pastor associates, you know, um, with ministries. And I've helped a lot, or I offer a lot of help, you know, in their buildings, in their designs, in their equipment that they need, their interior, exterior. I've done 3D models for a lot of them, right? Help them out. Yeah. I've tried to serve them. On many levels. This is what God is showing to me with a lot of these things that my pastor friends um, find it hard. Hmm. All of them like what I've done. A lot of my pastor friends, I bring them in here. I show them what I do. I tell them where I get this stuff from. I help them out. Anything they need. They didn't have a church. I said, you can come and do your service here after our service. See, I'll, I'll open that up. No one. And need it. And no one. I wish they would ask me at that point. I'd be like, yeah, I'll come. Just won't go and really charge them nothing. As a matter of fact, I've done that. See? Watch this. It's about servitude. Because of my sowing, God said, he's going to, listen, he's going to place us with the right person for our next level for this ministry. Because I'm obedient to what he said. All right. Y'all want to say something with me? Say this again. All right. All together, one voice. Anointing comes by association. But it grows by desperation. Go to 1 Samuel. <laughs> New King James minister. All right? Here we go. Go here. 1 Samuel 19.24, New King James. It's going to seem very familiar to the prior scripture that we read, 10 and 10 and 9 in New King James. But I just want you to hear this. We're going to break this down before we go. All right? Y'all ready? 1 Samuel chapter 19 and verse 24 in the New King James Bible. And he also stripped off his clothes and prophesied before Samuel in like manner and lay down naked all that day and all that night. Therefore they say, is Saul also among the prophets? Mm, mm, mm. You can't and I can't 
Expect to go to the next level without taking people under you to their next level. Okay? So some of my pastor friends refuse to go to the next level. Because they refuse to associate with the anointing that's on this ministry. The anointing flows down. I'm just making a true statement. And then everybody's trying to struggle and trying to do it. But they won't associate. The anointing is by association. So you can't go to your next level until we go to our next level because of our association. I'm trying to associate with them, help them in every area. Y'all listening to me? So in 1 Samuel 9, 24, right? Y'all watch this. That story is very similar to what we did in 9 and 10. It's very similar. So with that story with Saul. So Saul now, listen, this is what he's saying here. This is prior going up toward, we're at uh, 24, but we're going to go up. I'm going to save some time right now. You can read it on your own, right? But what happened was he sent out a group of soldiers to Ramah, right, to capture David. This is what Saul did. Now listen to this. He sent out the first set of soldiers to Ramah to capture David, to David, right? And they go there, and guess what they begin to do when they get to Ramah? They begin to start prophesying when they go to this area. So Saul is mad now. Wait a minute. That must send a second set of soldiers out. And guess what happened to them? They begin to prophesy too. Saul, he's mad now. Saul's mad. Now, he sends a third set of soldiers out. And guess what happened to them? They too begin to start prophesying. Mm, mm, mm. So he's like, okay. Saul is like, wait a minute. Saul is afraid <laughs> now to go there. Because, see, you don't know what they're prophesying. If you know the story, you're going to know exactly what they prophesied. All right, so we'll get there. We'll get there. Hold on. So Saul is afraid, right, to go there. And he knows what's going to happen. So finally Saul gets up enough strength, and he goes there. But he, but he, but he doesn't go there to change his life. He goes there, listen, to capture David because David is there. And the Bible says that as he goes there, um, God's spirit comes upon him. And he starts to prophesy, and it goes a little awkward. I don't think y'all saw that. And he also stripped off his clothes and prophesied before, listen, Samuel. In like manner, he lay down naked all day long. I told you we did. Something went, something went, something went kind of awkward, kind of crazy right here. With Saul. I am. Something went a little weird. See, we missed little things like that. Something went weird. 
almost kind of demonic like. He stripped off his clothes. Okay. Now, if prophetess come in here and say she got a word passed and she began to strip her clothes off, I'm going to need this whole front row to get some to leads. <laughs> Something went wrong now. Something ain't right. All right? <laughs> Y'all going to work with me on that one? <laughs> and get the oil right over there. <laughs> See, you got to keep in context that this was the Old Testament. Okay? This is the Old Testament. Okay, so when we read in Samuel, you know, 1924, the Bible says that that he laid down naked all day and night prophesying. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Watch this. Watch this association. Watch this association without desperation for God equals tribulation. Association without desperation for God equals tribulation, equals problems. Saul got up from this prophesying experience and went right back, listen to this, back to his old life. It said that the Spirit of God came upon him. Something went kind of weird, though. If you read this, ain't no other place that he had to strip to get in the presence of God. We're talking about the desperation now, right? Oh, okay. Hold on. Here we go. Let's examine this. Saul got up from this uh, prophesying experience and went back to his old ways. Sooner or later, every association, every manifestation, an experience with God has to be fueled. Listen, it has to fuel our hunger for Jesus. Y'all want me to say that again? I said sooner or later, every association, every manifestation and experience you know, with God has to fuel our hunger for Jesus. Otherwise, those experiences only enlarges our pride. They actually hinder us from going to God. Okay. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Experiences must lead to the hunger for God. Okay. Saul had an association and even had manifestation. He experienced, but one thing Saul lacked in his life, which I believe is why the anointing never remained with Saul for his life, is that Saul was never hungry for God. See, a lot of people just hungry for, you know, power, not God. Okay. Okay. Watch this, teacher. Hunger for God grows and maintains the anointing from God. I'm going to say it over here. Hunger for God grows and maintains the anointing from God. Say it one more time. 
Y'all hear that? Hunger for God grows and maintains. Hunger for God grows and maintains the anointing from God. Y'all too full. Saul had an experience, but he never repented. He never became hungry for God, and therefore the anointing lifted. Now, Saul in the New Testament, mm -hmm. <laughs> glory to God, connected. So Saul in the New Testament, there's two Sauls. I told you that was Saul, and then now there's Saul in the New Testament of Tartarus, right? right? All right. So that's right. Well, name was Saul, but it changed it. Ah. Yeah. Same. See, when God, when the anointing comes, it changes you. Everything about you and your name. Just like you're supposed to have a new name in heaven. Ah. Oh. All right, here we go. That's a mystery in itself. I'll talk about that too. Saul in the New Testament, when he was going to Damascus, he wasn't going, listen, to a 10-day revival, a prayer meeting. He was going to Damascus just like King Saul to kill, to kill, listen, to kill David in the Old Testament, Saul was. And Saul in the New Testament wanted to go and kill Christians. All right. So Jesus knocked him off that high horse of his. Mm -hmm. Now watch this. And he blinded him. He goes to the ground. Watch this. Hold on. Here we go. Watch this. Watch this. He knocked him off that high horse and he fell to the ground and goes blind. And Saul in the Old Testament falls, listen, on the ground and goes naked. They both. Okay, watch this. And he goes naked and gets up and goes right back to his old life. And Saul in the New Testament, while he was down having his encounter, his experience with God, he had two questions. Who are you, Lord? And what would you have me to do? Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. We still today have some Old Testament Saul's. In the church. Mm -hmm. You've seen them. Shaking and baking. Spinning and twirling. Rolling on the floor. Speaking in tongues. I'm sure this is what Saul was doing. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Felt, listen, the spirit. Had the goosebumps. Y'all know the goosebumps. Got him and said, oh, that was good. Did y'all see Sister Watermelon on that floor? <laughs> Rolling all around. Had an experience. Mm. Felt the goosebumps. Shaking and baking. Twirling and spinning. Y'all seen that in church, right? It's all right. Stripped naked. Probably got that in some places. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at this right here. Went right back. Did all that. God did all that. Go right back to your same old life. Just like Saul. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Watch this. 
saw in the New Testament said, God, who are you? I want to know you. I'm hungry for you. He said, I persecuted. Listen to this. I persecuted you, Jesus. I thought you were the false messiah. That experience changed his heart. And now I can see that you are truly are the son of God. What would you have me to do? In other words, how can I serve you? Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. God leaves him blind for three days. And for the very first time, he could actually see. <laughs> and after those three days, his eyes were open and he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And he gets look, baptized in water. And then he goes to Damascus. The next day, they knew he was coming Paul of Tyrus is coming to kill. That's what he did. So after all that experience, he gets up and goes to Damascus, the same place <laughs> that they thought. Okay, He went there the very next day, and he starts to do what? Preach the gospel. <laughs> See, King Saul became an apostate. But Saul in the New Testament became an apostle. Mm -mm -mm. You need to hear this. It's not an experience that changes you. It's the hunger of God you derive from the experience that changes you. Y'all need to hear that again. It's not the experience. Saul had an experience. Saul was shaking. Saul was prophesying. But he got back up and he was the same person in the Old Testament. This Saul got up, got his name changed, eyes open, saw the Messiah, and said, can I serve you? So all you're shaking in here. Are you going back? Uh, uh, we got some modern day souls in here. Okay. <laughs> they say, don't go there, Pastor. All right. Y'all need to know this. You need to ask yourself, don't be deceived. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Okay. It's not an experience that changes you, it's the hunger of God you derive from your experience. So God replaced a man who knew, this is what he did with Saul, he replaced a man that knew it all, had it all, with a boy who was after his heart. Saul knew the kingdom. He knew how it worked. Saul had servants. He had this reputation. He had everything. But he lacked one very important thing that God looks for in every person and that is the hunger for him. That's what he looks for in you. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Now check this out. One time when Saul was in the peak of his pride, when he didn't obey God, 
And instead of being concerned with his callousness of his heart and repenting before God, this is in 1 Samuel 15, 24 through 30. We don't have time to go there. Listen, it says that he grabbed the robe of Samuel and said, listen, and said to Samuel, I, he said, Samuel, when he grabbed, he said, Samuel, honor me. He said, honor me <laughs> before the people. I don't care if God has rejected me, but honor me before the people. Mm, mm, mm. It's right there in there, First Samuel 15. Man, I don't care. I just want to make sure that my reputation stays intact. I don't care what God thinks. I, I care more what you think. Mm. I told you we got some souls. Old Testament souls. I'm almost finished. I just want to make sure that my reputation stays intact. And you know what Samuel did? The Bible says Samuel looked back at him and said, the way you ripped my robe, my mantle, this is the same way that God has ripped the kingdom from you. Just like that. Woo! My goodness. Just how you did me, God just did that to you. Woo! Just like that. God said, I found a young man, a boy who doesn't have experience. And in, 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 listen, in reigning and ruling. He doesn't have military experience. He's a nobody. But he's after my heart. Oh, my goodness. Woo! He's not perfect. <laughs> but he's fascinated and, listen, and captivated by God, David is. Mm -mm -mm. My goodness. And God loves a person, listen, who are passionate in love with him. He said to Saul, I will raise this boy up and I will give him your throne. And God will bless him and protect him. And man, David was not perfect. I really love David. He was not perfect. Matter of fact, he did some bad, <laughs> worse things than Saul did. Woo, blood was on his hand. Can't even build my temple. Woo, man of war. Just a murderer. Good gracious. I said, mm. listen to this. But when you're hungry for God, and when you're hungry for God, and this is the key word, Repent. See, you can't say David without repentance or see David and don't see repentance. Woo. And that man is you. Oh, so Nathan told him that man is you. Oh, immediately he was convicted, fell on the ground, fasted all night long, stayed on that and prayed and repented. We don't do that. But when he, listen, but when you're hungry for God, you will repent. And when you're passive, you make excuses. Mm, mm, mm. When you're hungry for God, you will repent. And when you're passive, you make excuses. Mm -mm. When you're hungry for God, you make mistakes. But you never make excuses. Ha <laughs> ha, come on now. Woo, you never make excuses. That's the problem. 
So when God tells you something is wrong in your heart, you stop and drop to the floor and say, God, I'm sorry. And I'm not going to blame anybody, my mother, my father, my past, my boss. Oh. And you say, it was my fault. Mm. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. And when you do that, your hunger stays intact. And when you see, this is why we won't pay. That's why your hunger stays intact. Y'all listening back there? Okay. Listen to this. Stretch yourself today. Come on, y'all. So, when you're hungry for God, Saul was not hungry for God. And what he did, he made excuses. You blame everybody. If you want to keep the fire of God, you got to keep your repentance in your life. Mm, mm, mm. And I hope this is changing somebody's life in here today. Many people don't fall out of love with God. They just fall out of repentance. And I already told you about Yom Kippur. This is the day of atoning for your sins. That's Tuesday. Minister, go here real quick. Revelation. Y'all all right? Yeah. Come on. Come on, now. Stretch yourself. Come on. We almost there. Your mind. Check your mind. Go to Revelation 2, 4, 5. Ain't got nothing else better than do. This is it. The best thing. Come on. At least if he come in the next 20 seconds, we'll be here. Okay. You got a better chance getting in. All right. <laughs> now, your heart condition is another thing. All right. All right. Get that right. Then he say, come on yonder then. You ready? Revelation 2, 4 and 5, amplified. Revelations chapter 2 at verse 4. But I have this one charge to make against you, mm. that you have left, abandoned the love that you had at first. You have deserted me, your first love. Mm. Remember then from what heights you have fallen. Repent. Change the inner man mm. to meet God's will. Whew. And do the works you did previously when first you knew the Lord. Or else I will visit you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you change your mind and repent. I like this verse because you can lose your first love and you can find it again. I love that because you can lose it, but you can find it again. All right. You can find your first time love. Romans 10, 9. So he's saying your real first love. So it ain't a person. So you really can't love them until you love God. They're not your real first love. Ah, oh, y'all missing it. Y'all missing it. Woo. He's saying the real for real. My hunger for God. I hope y'all feel this way. It's unquenchable. 
That's a powerful word. My hunger for God is unquenchable. That's the state that I was when I first did Romans 10, and I'm in that same state now. Unquenchable. Y'all don't get it. I hope y'all get it. How about you? In my life, there's nothing more, there's nothing burdensome or difficult to do when God asks me. That's a level you got to get to. You only can get that level once you step aside and trust him. Other than that, it's going to be burdensome. You're not going to go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be difficult to do. It's going to be, it's a mindset. So if you remember these things, remember, remember, repent, and do your first works. If you remember, repent, and do your first over again, you will have the same passion and experience when you first got saved for the rest of your life. That's the recipe to find passion again in the word of God. Question. Got a question real quick, teacher. What quenches the fire of God? This is what quenches the fire of God. I'm going to give you like four little things real quick. Number one, offenses. Yeah. 99% of people that leave churches today is because of offenses. That's a big thing. I don't have time to go in. That's John 660. All right. Offenses is unavoidable. I'm going to say it again. Offenses is unavoidable. We can only stop causing offenses, but we can never stop having offenses. Woo! They got to say, read that one again fast. Y'all ready? All right. Offenses is unavoidable. We can only stop causing offenses, but we can never stop having offenses. I mean, you could do something nice and you don't even realize you offended somebody. But once it's recognized, once somebody tells you that's what happened, you can change it. All right. Y'all, they say. Y'all got to stop. Offenses are a trap from the enemy. To do what? Quench your fire for God. Okay? Oh, disappointments is number two. This one get everybody. That offenses get everybody too, obviously. So when you dream and believe and fast and pray, uh-oh, and it doesn't happen, disappointment quenches the fire for God for you. Yeah? Okay. And what happens is that becomes, you know, water to your fire. And those two don't mix. So when 70 people left Jesus after they were offended, guess what Jesus did? He didn't run after them. He didn't go run after them. Mm -mm. He didn't go run after them and say, oh, oh, sorry, I meant communion. You don't have to eat my body and my blood. Sorry, I'm going to, I was saying communion. But they left and said they never walked to him no more. Matter of fact, they were disciples. Mm. People that knew him. Okay. 
Seventy of them at one time. All right. Mm-hmm. But this is what happened right here. I'm going to cut the short corner short right here. Um, so in Luke, nah, let me see. So y'all remember the story of the two believers going to um, the road to Emmaus, right? Emmaus, right? The Bible says that they were, this is what happened. This is, offended. They, this is what happened when I said disappointments, right? They're still in disappointments. So what happened was they, they, they were looking down when they, they had left Emmaus or they were going, left Emmaus and they were going to actually Jerusalem. Uh, and it says that they were looking sad and uh, downcast because their chief priests and rulers gave up and sentenced to death Jesus. They were hoping that he was the one who would redeem them and set Israel free. The Bible says that Jesus himself, in verse 15 of that uh, chapter, caught up with them. I like the way Amplified said it. He caught up with them. <laughs> they were gone, so he was going. He caught up with them, right? And what Jesus preached, and what he did was he preached and he encouraged them. Until what? Until their hearts caught on fire again. Because all their hope was gone. They were disappointed. I thought he'd come to set the whole, you know, all of us free, redeem us. But he's dead. So they left. They said, Jesus caught up with them. He said, he preached to them. He encouraged them. They wouldn't even look up. They didn't even recognize him because they didn't look up the whole time they down. So when you're disappointed, Jesus is right behind you. And what he's trying to say, I'm going to encourage them so they catch on fire again, go to the word. All he did was speak the word. So while you're depressed and you're down, you won't go to the word. You won't go to the word. He's coming right behind you. and That's what caught them back on fire again. All right. Oh, y'all ain't seeing it. Y'all not seeing it. Y'all seeing it? Okay. Jesus will walk behind you and remind you of his word. Mm-hmm, so it will. So your heart, listen, will catch on fire again. See, not for your spouse, for God. Because if you connect it with God, it's going to connect. Business is another thing. You get so busy. You don't have time for intimacy with God. Business doesn't make you successful. Intimacy with God makes you successful. You're too busy to pray. You're too busy to study. You're too busy to come to church. Mm -mm. I need more money. <laughs> I will work. <laughs> I will work two jobs. I got a question. With all of your businesses, where's your day of rest? No, y'all missing it. God orders us to rest. Why? You know why? Because God blesses order. Because God blesses order. Y'all hear me? Y'all paying attention? Yeah. Come on, wake up, y'all. Don't, don't let the spirit put you to sleep. Come on, stay alert, stay alive. 
All right. See, this is what happens. God blesses order. See, a lot of times in the things that we do, our homes, our business, all that, see, it's out of order. So he can't bless what's out of order. He blesses orders. Husbands, love your wife. Wives, submit yourself. See, he blesses order. This is what he does. And we want all these things to happen. And we got to do all these gimmicks up. And you're just out of order. If you would just step into order. He blesses order. Woo. All right. Y'all going to let me finish this today. Y'all need this. Get all that. I told y'all, I'm sorry, Rush. Y'all want to get this. Come on now. Let's do it. We almost finished. Hell, listen, eternity in hell is a long time. I ain't asking you but like 15 minutes and that's it. We done. I shouldn't have to explain myself. Push me. Say it, Pastor. Is that all you got? 24 hours a day and you ain't gave me but 23. I need another hour. Come on. Push. Anointed. Woo. All right. <laughs> See, that's why Chick-fil-A is so, listen, prosperous. That's why they're so prosperous. Because they didn't care what everybody else is doing. I'm going to shut it down on the most busiest day. And still make five times more money than everybody else. Because God blesses order. Choose your Sabbath. Mm, mm, mm. My goodness. Here we go. God bless his order. Y'all better hit that one. Y'all better write that one down. When you see the fire down, you listen, I said business. We own business. When you see your fire dying out, you need to cut back some things. When you see it dying out, you need to cut back some things. Don't be too busy. Fourth thing, last thing, is materialism. (laughs) (laughs) Materialism. It's not when you have stuff. It's when stuff has you. Not when you have stuff, it's when stuff has you. Mm. The best way to be is, watch this, Minister Brown. The best way to be is when you can hold things without holding on to things. Let's see it over here. The best way to, listen, when you hold things, listen to that. The best way to be is when you can hold things without holding on to things or holding on to them. That's the best way. Okay. Y'all hear that? God has the right to take anything out of my hand, anytime. See, you really, he will do it. All right, okay. But he's not trying to take something. He's trying to 
<sighs> okay. Listen. He has the right to take anything out of my hand. And I have the privilege to take anything out of his pocket because I'm his son. I'm trying to take the coffee shop out of his pocket. I'm trying to take a bigger place for a BTW out of his pocket. I'm his son. Because everything that he gives me, all the business he gives me, I let him go. And you should be found trustworthy. Over what's not yours is his. See, this is, he blesses order. Trustworthy. That's why I give them away. Because I need to make room for two more things. Okay. Oh, come on there. I hear that, minutes. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Listen to this. I'm almost done. We there, we there, we there, we there, we there. Okay, come on. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Amen. Please do. I need it. <laughs> materialism. Listen, materialism kills fire. Kills fire. It kills the fire for God. Remember the rich young ruler? God said, sell everything you have. Jesus said, sell everything you have. He didn't tell him to give it to me for my ministry. He said, sell it and give the proceeds to the poor. I have riches for you stored up. In heaven. He's trying to give him something. He didn't say sell it and give it to me. He didn't say bring it to me. He said sell what you have. And give it to the poor. I've already got something for you. Store it up. Oh we miss it. All right. I don't have time to go there. Here we go. Here we go. This is the last thing. When you lose the anointing within you, you end up destroying it in others. Okay. When you lose the anointing within you, you end up destroying the anointing in others. Mm-mm-mm. Passionate people, this is the summation, passionate people repent, positive people, <sighs> let me put it this way, passive people, listen to me, because yeah, you write stuff in the Holy Spirit and change things on, on the fly, passionate people repent. Passive people, oh, well, watch this, live in remorse. You live in remorse, not repentance. You're just sorry, but you haven't turned from it. Hello back there.
When you're not burning for Jesus, everything you do will be a burden. When you're not burning for Jesus, everything you do for Jesus will be a burden to you. This is my last thing I want to leave you. To be hungry for God, stay fascinated with God. Stay fascinated. Don't get too familiar. I'm going to close on this scripture. You've got to read this. Philippians 3.8. Thank you for your patience. Amen. Philippians chapter 3 at verse 8. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything and consider it all to be mere rubbish, mm. refuse, dregs, in order that I may win, win. gain Christ, the, the anointed, anointed one. Good God. Woo! Thank y'all. Amen. I hope you enjoyed. Hey, teacher. All right, man. Oh, glory to God. Okay. Sure. Sure, sure, man, sure. Uh, I said, when you lose the anointing within you, you end up destroying it or the anointing in others. Within others. Amen. Hey. All right, glory to God. I don't know what to do now. He's not coming up. I don't know what to do. What I do? Do I tell him to stand up? I, mean, I don't know. Okay, thank you, y'all. I really appreciate it. I hope y'all enjoyed today.